Good morning. We're glad to have you join us for this week's broadcast. We pray that today's message will be a blessing to you. We are looking today at Psalm chapter 39. Psalm chapter 39. Now, this Psalm follows Psalm 38 in both the canon of Scripture and also in the theme as we see David under the judgment of God for his sin. Perhaps it was the sin with Bathsheba. We don't know for sure, but David has declared that he is under God's judgment. And many believe that he perhaps even had leprosy, that he had fell under a plague, that he had fell under a sickness. And you'll have to go back and read Psalm 38 to find out, to understand a little bit more about that. It isn't recorded in any of the historical records about David, but David tells us that he was sick and it was the hand of God that had come upon him in judgment. And I want to say before we start, we need to be careful as Christians not to be as Job's friends when somebody faces a sickness, when somebody faces a trouble to determine that they must be sin that's causing this. We need to realize that oftentimes people just get sick. We live in a sin-cursed world and we live in sin-cursed bodies and Sometimes people get sick and it's not because sin and it's not our place to decide that it must be sin. We'll let the person that is sick, let them, let God deal with them, let God show them if they're facing his judgment because of sickness. But let's look at what David says in verse number one of Psalm 39. He said, I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with the bridle while the wicked is before me. David pledges here to bridle his tongue. He realizes he is in enough trouble. He is facing enough judgment without compounding his problems with loose speaking. We need to be careful what we say. We need to be careful in times when we're upset. Even a most righteous man sometimes has a time where he struggles, where he doesn't understand what God's doing. It's then when we need to make sure that we are careful what we say. We need to be careful what we say about our Lord, but we need to realize we can also cause trouble by speaking wrongly or speaking against someone else. How many people do you think each Sunday morning sit at home because someone hurt their feelings at church? They might have said something about what they wore. They might have said something about how they act or something that they've seen, and it might not have been their place. And how many people do you think, hey, we must be careful to make sure we are spirit-led. We must be careful to make sure we are spirit-led when we speak to the lost. How many lost are pushed away by a Christian who may be well-meaning, but he's not being guided. He's not being led by the Spirit. He's not coming to them in a place of love, but coming in a place of judgment. We need to learn to watch what we say. We need to learn to watch how we say it. It is a dangerous, dangerous thing, this tongue that we have, and we need to make sure that we keep it in check, that we watch watch over it, that we pray that God helps us to take control, to bridle our tongue. Look at verse number two. He says, I was dumb with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred. David took an oath to be silent, but I suggest that perhaps he might have took it too far. We need to be careful. He 
was so afraid of saying something wrong, he didn't even speak good things. He didn't even speak good things. We need to be careful and make sure that we always are bringing forth praise, that we always have something good to say about our God, but we also need to make sure that we can speak up whenever something happens. How many marriages could be saved if the husband or wife would only say what they desire, would only speak up about what's wrong instead of hoping the other one figures it out somehow? How many friendships are lost because the one hurt won't speak up? We need to be willing to come to somebody when they hurt us. Don't let it hinder hinder our life, our walk with the Lord. We need to be ready. We need to be able to come to Him, and we need to speak up. We need to be willing and able to forgive but we have to tell people, we have to tell people when we're hurt, if it's not something we can just say, well, that's not a big deal. I just let it go. If it's something that's going to hinder our walk, then we need to get it right. We need to talk to them. Oftentimes, I know instances of my life, one particular instance where a lady come to me two years later in church, an older lady that I had offended with something I said, and I apologized to her and said, of course, ma'am, I did not mean that the way that you took it, and I am so sorry, but for two years, that woman, she held something against me because I was making a joke, and she did not understand it. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful not to let ourselves be hurt, and we've got to be careful not to hurt others, to be careful about what we say, to try to be sensitive about what we say, but we also we need to be ready to speak up about our great Savior in a time of stress, in a time of trouble. We need to be willing still to glorify God. We cannot lead people to Christ. We cannot fulfill the Great Commission if we are afraid to proclaim His goodness, if we are afraid to proclaim His gospel. We need to be willing to speak up, but we need to be careful that we are speaking up with a guided tongue. Look at number three. My heart was hot within me while I was moosing the fire burned, then spake I with my tongue. In verse number three, David here, he might as well to have tried to cap a volcano as to keep silent. David had a heart that was too full to keep silent. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 29, but his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. He had to speak up if we're truly close to God. If we're truly studying his word, he will give us something to say. The Apostle James, centuries later, he picked up the theme of bridling the tongue in James 5, 2, when he said, If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. None of us are perfect yet, but we have a mark to strive to. Remember, this word bridle means to restrain, to guide, or to govern. Our tongues should be restrained, guided, and governed by God's word and led of the Holy Spirit. We need to be careful. We need to watch how we treat the tongue. But let's see in the next verse, verse number five, we see the trouble, the trouble. Verse four and five, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as an hand breath and mine age is nothing before thee. Verily, every man in his best state is altogether vanity, salah. The trouble with all of us is we're just passing through like the rich man in Luke chapter 12 who said, I will tear down my barns and build bigger barns. But God said, thou fool, this night thy soul 
shall be required of thee, then who shall those things be? We do not know when or time here we end. David, he speaks of vanity. Solomon, his son, speaks of vanity. In Ecclesiastes 1, as he says, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. The things we often work for here do not really matter in the end. What does matter is what you've done for the Lord. The trouble is our time here is too short. Our time to work, our time to do is too short. We see the tongue, we see the trouble, but let's look at the trap. In verse number six, we see the trap. Surely every man walketh in a vain shoe. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches and knoweth not who shall gather them. Nobody thinks of a rich man as being in a trap, but often he is. David's sickness had sharpened his senses. Surely David had gathered great riches, but now he realized that he knew not who would gather them. He was now faced with his own mortality. The world's comfort is not able to satisfy a thirsty soul. How many times do we see a Hollywood actress or actor commit suicide or get get struck on, get stuck on drugs and mess up his life? A celebrity, a football player, somebody that we think have it all, that has great riches. How often do we see them destroy their life with drugs, destroy their life with alcohol. How often do we see them destroy their life or even take their own life? Hey, richness, there's a trap in riches. You'll think that it'll make you happy, but you can't never get enough. We need to be careful to avoid this trap. Look at verse number seven. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Deliver me from all transgressions. Make me not the reproach of the foolishness. We further see the trap as we forget that we wait for God. When we become distracted by things here, it's easy to fall into sin. David, he now asks for forgiveness from the very hand that smote him. He is brought back to realities. He remembers the enemies of not only him, but God, and asks him not to be made a reproach of them. Don't just smite me, save me. God's correction had wrought his intended purpose. It had brought David back to reality. He had helped David to realize what was important, what his focus needed to be. Verse number nine, I was dumb. I opened not my mouth because thou did it. David admits why he opened not his mouth. He was guilty. He deserved this punishment. But verse number 10 says, remove thy stroke away from me. I am consumed by the blow of thine hand. He asked God to remove the stroke from him. He said he realized that he had not spoken he had not spoken before because he realized he is guilty, but now he asks God, he speaks for forgiveness. I'm glad the first time that God speaks up, he doesn't speak to man, he doesn't speak to the wicked or his servants, but he speaks to God. In essence, what David needed since he was guilty, since he couldn't speak and declare his innocence, he needed someone to speak for him. And I'm glad that we have somebody to speak for us. Thank God that person was found in our mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number 11, When thou thou with rebukes dost correct man for iniquity, thou makest his beauty consume away like a moth. Surely every man is vanity. So we dig further into the results of David's sin. We've all seen clothes eaten away by a moth. They are full of holes with no other evidence left. There's nothing left. It's all destroyed. He compares man to a vapor as it rises up. As the vapor rises up off of a lake or off of a grassy field, it just vanishes away. David's telling us here, don't put too much stock in ourselves. Don't value yourself 
too highly. In a moment, all we have done, it can be taken away. Sin is dangerous. We can lose focus on God and begin to form a a form of self-worship. We need to be careful because it's easy to get fall into sin and to lose everything. We need to be careful. Remember, we're just... Man is just vanity. The things that we hope for, the things that this world searches for, the things that this world thinks are going to make great or going to make people happy, it's just vanity. And one day, it's all going to pass away. One day, it's all going to be gone. We see, we've seen the tongue. We've seen the trouble. We've seen the trap. But I'm glad last of all, in the last two verses, we see the triumph. Verse number 12. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears, for I am a stranger with thee and a sojourner, as all my fathers were. Oh, spare me that I might recover strength before I go hence and be no more. The rabbis used to say there were three kinds of supplication. Prayer that is made in silence, crying out with a loud voice, and the tears that surpass all other forms. David had returned to a place of humbleness, and he had realized there is no happiness without holiness god has joined happiness and holiness together david here he calls himself a stranger and a sojourner terms for an alien and a foreigner because of sin david had become practically an alien and a foreigner in his relationship with god but thank god he returns to god and he asked him to spare him and god did the historians were silent about this period they even don't even talk about it we don't know for sure what David was going through, but I'm glad David gives us a glimpse. He looks back with thanksgiving and under the inspiration of God gives us a great picture of God's grace and a great warning for our lives. We need to be careful of sin. We need to be careful what we say, what we spread. We need to be careful that we are being spirit-led and we are on the saying and doing the things that glorify God. David here, he's looking back as he says, Send this to the chief musician. In a essence, David is saying, Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you for delivering me from this time that I've been in. God bless.